Welcome to The Real Deal, the podcast where we have honest conversations about leadership, mindset, and real estate with first gens. I'm your host, Wendy Acosta, and I'm a first gen myself. In this podcast, I'll share with you my journey, my challenges, my successes, and my failures. I'll also interview other first gens who are making an impact in the leadership and real estate industry and beyond. Whether you're a first gen or not, you'll find valuable insights, tips, and inspiration in this podcast. So sit back and enjoy the real deal. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited because I get to talk to someone that you guys are just going to be blown away by the information that he has to share with you guys. Um, He is an entrepreneur, real estate investor, and he's on a mission to help educate people about multifamily investing and just just to be able to spread the opportunities that are out there for people like you and I um, to be able to achieve our financial goals. And he does a whole lot more than that, but I will open it up to him. Uh, Today, I have the honor to interview Sergio Aguilar. Sergio, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing amazing. Uh, I really do appreciate you, Wendy, just inviting me and uh, letting me bring some type of value to not only you, but your community. Uh, I just, I love it. I love these things. So thank you. Thank you. I'm doing great. Oh, great. I'm so glad to hear. And I'm so passionate about the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Because just like the conversation that we had when we first met, um, we just, we just, I feel like we just hit it right off because we were on the same mindset, the right track. Um, So I'm excited to talk about our topic today. So before we get started, let me just open it up to you. Just tell us who you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, like uh, what you said, my name is Sergio and I'm actually uh like to call a first-generation Mexican-American. I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. My family, uh, my parents and everybody, they're, they were, they're from uh, San Luis Potosí, Mexico. So um, I take a lot of pride in just being that first-generation uh, individual here that's just trying to make a difference out of my siblings. I'm, I'm, I'm a middle child out of four. So I like to consider myself the, ba- the black sheep of the family that's kind of doing something extremely different and, and doing something big, uh, something out of the ordinary. And um, it's just kind of kind of cool just because I feel like I have that responsibility to, to really help, you know, elevate my family and educate them on what is it that we're doing here with the whole real estate and just in our reality, just showing them that it is possible uh, to take advantage of this American dream, you know, just because everybody... You know, as as a first gen uh, Mexican American, our families just cross the border to give us a better life, for starters. But uh, typically, it's just going to school and you know graduating high school, going to college, getting a degree, and uh, working corporate America is really the American dream in our eyes and starting a family. Um, and that's it. You know, just kind of live your years uh, like that. But uh, I kind of came in and I was like, you know what? It seems. It seems a little too boring to do this for the next 30, 40 years of my life after I graduated college. Uh, maybe start down in real estate because uh, I started reading a lot of books, listening to a lot of, you know, uh, podcasts that really just inspired me to just do a lot more to really tap into my, 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 
um, and to really start searching for multiple sources of income. So that's kind of how my journey started in this. Wow. I can relate so much. Uh, being first gen, you know, from from Mexican parents who immigrated to this country to be able to provide a better life. And to some point, when we follow what it what the, what we're expected to follow, right, the norm, the cultural norms of go to school, get good grades, just go to college and find a good job and just live off of that. Right. Be happy and be pleased with whatever you have and don't ask and. Don't try to dream too big because you're going to get right. disappointed. <laughs> so right. I get yeah. a realistic mindset. And I, I hate that. I hated it. I don't use the word hate, but I hated that. It really bothered me that my, I would just kind of, that's a very realistic guy. That he tried to kind of mold me into that. Nice. I, I grew up very confused from all that. Well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, I, I can't do this or I can't, or, or I'm not, I used to want to do some things. And he's like, no, you can't do it. I'm like, what do you mean? Why, why can't I do it? I'm a very curious guy. So what, my question was, what do you mean, why can't I do it? Why are you telling me that I can't do that? Yes, I can, you know. So I grew up a little confused in that sense. But yeah, a thousand percent, having that mindset is just kind of crazy. That's incredible. Yeah, and you said the black sheep in the family. I think that comes with a lot of ambitiousness behind what we want to do and like never settling for just what we have and understanding that there's a lot more out there for us. And it's going ahead and taking the journey and taking the risk regardless of what anyone else around us is telling us. percent, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's very, very valid. And um, I like to just not be that 95, 99% of the world. And I mean, you got to dream big, you know, and, and that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of cool to sit there and get looked at a little crazy by a lot yeah. of my family members, I just went to a quinceanera and everybody was kind of looking at me like, hey, so I'm, I see your social media, so so what do you do again? I'm all like, yeah, well, you buy, you sell. And for me to sit there and be like, yeah, I do it all. You know, it's kind of cool, but I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So uh, so it's pretty cool, you know, it's just getting out there and, and, and letting people know what it is that we're doing is, is what it's about and uh, helping them out any way possible, educating them. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So let's jump into what we have uh, to talk about today. So our topic, and um, I want to take advantage of the, of the time that I have with you, Sergio. So let's jump into how to build wealth with passive multifamily investing. What got you interested to start investing in multifamily properties? So long story short, I was never supposed to get into this. Uh, my goal was to, you know, buy a duplex or two. Um, well, I wanted to buy 10. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I'm like, I'm going to buy 10 and then I'm going to be the richest guy in Dallas. So that was my mindset at that time. I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything. Returns were, I didn't know about it. I didn't know anything. Okay. All I knew was that I'm going to buy 10 and uh, I'm going to cash flow a lot of money and I'm going to be very wealthy. And that's it. So I had my mindset uh, after I read of the rich dad, poor dad books, you know, uh, I, I, that's how I got into real estate. And then I said, okay, I need to get some duplexes. Let's get 10 duplexes. I started reaching out, reaching out to some realtors. Um, and at that time, that's whenever the market started kind of getting bad. I, I know I got approved for some money and I was like, okay, I was shopping. But a lot of people from the West Coast were coming to Texas. They were either outbidding me or buying them in cash. So I was like, I'm kind of in a pinch here. 
Well, while I was doing that, I, I saw an ad on Facebook on Grant Cardone's uh, Real Estate Summit. So I signed up to the free webinar. When I signed up, it was like a four-hour webinar where I was just hooked. So I looked into the whole thing, and they got me to sign up to this three-day event in Miami, which at that time, I didn't even know. I, I didn't even know how to buy a ticket to fly. I didn't even know how to book a hotel. So I had to call a friend. I'm like, listen, you know, I'm, I'm as I'm shaking and putting this $1,000 ticket on my credit card and thinking that I'm going to get scammed, I'm like, okay, let me sign up. And uh, I, I bought the ticket. I was scared. And I, I thought I was getting scammed. And I called the company the next day. I'm like, hey, you know, I attended this webinar. And I, uh, I bought a ticket. I just want to make sure it's legit. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your name here. They looked me up. Uh, they said I was good. So I ended up calling another friend out. She, I knew she flew all the time. She's like, hey, I need help. I'm going to this event in Miami. How do I buy a ticket? Like, I don't know how to fly. Where do I go? How do I book a hotel? And she yelled me out. And uh, when I showed up, um, I just didn't know what I was doing there. I, re I remember feeling very uncomfortable. I was a little scared because that was the first time that I was in a room full of uh, investors. So and not only investors, but a lot of like different mindset people. So when I showed up, I actually ended up meeting my business partner who today we have multi-million dollar assets of worth of assets. You know, it's just, we have so many apartments together mm -hmm. and, uh, attended the event. I met him. We started staying in touch and the rest was history. I never ended up buying no single family home where I live in. I never ended up buying a duplex. Uh, we went straight into Trish buying assets and, uh, just trying to create that cash flow. So, uh, that's how it happened. And it just was never supposed to happen, but it just kind of happened organically, naturally. I, I don't know. It, I guess it was my destiny to get into this apartment game. And it's really how it happened. I mean, unexpectedly. Yeah. My, mine was the same. It's very similar. We didn't just say, oh, we're going to wake up and like start investing in apartments one day. So uh, it was something that we kind of just bumped into. We did start with single family as well. And then we quickly realized, oh my gosh, there's there's more out there. We can buy apartments. That is crazy. And um, yeah, it's incredible because a lot of us just bump into this. And then once we do, we find this whole parallel world of real estate investing, especially in apartments. We want to share with the whole world, but not everyone is necessarily very recipient of the information. And I like to consider myself, once again, the black sheep of my team, just because I went straight, I'm one of the few that went straight into multi-family. I didn't have no single family home. I didn't have anything. So it, mm -hmm. for those of y'all that are listening, guys, it is extremely possible mm -hmm. to, to not own a single family home. You don't even have to start there. A lot of people think they, they have to start a single family home to to graduate into that, but you really don't. I'm one of the ones that shot for the stars and went all the way up there. And now I'm just kind of reverse engineering into single family, but very, very possible. And I think it's honestly making my journey coming back into single family homes a lot much easier yeah. than to kind of starting in the single family sector and then mm -hmm. um, trying to graduate into that just because you can get complacent mm. at the single oh, yeah. family home. Uh, you know, on, on the single family home uh, sector, it's kind of, it can be kind of hard to transition into it, but uh, it's very, very much awful to, to jump straight into it for those of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What leads me to my next question. So what is passive investing um, 
And how does it differ from active investing in real estate? So passive investing, this is a really good question. Passive investing to me, I, for example, there, there's a lot of people that, for instance, me, I'm a construction company, right? Uh, when you're passively investing is, is typically, and I'm just going to kind of dumb it down as much as possible to my version, because this is how I like to explain it. When, when you passively invest, it's like collecting mailbox money. Uh, you invest in this, into an investment and you, you get that mailbox money every month or every quarter. You get that check of the investment that you made. You're not necessarily active. You're not really, uh, you don't have to worry about it. just kind of getting that money from in the mailbox. You get a check and you're like, okay, I'm happy. Uh, the active is when you typically, uh, your, your, your boots on the ground, you're getting down and dirty. Uh, for instance, if you're, if you're flipping the house and you're checking up on the guys every day, you know, you're making sure you're on budget and on off schedule and things are going, uh, you're very, very active boots on the ground and you're there. That's, that's the difference of kind of passive and active is, uh, getting your hands dirty. As far as the difference when you're passively investing, you're not really getting your hands dirty. Uh, you get to wake up every quarter, every month, and you get to get that check and be like, yeah, happy. Or check your account and say, yes, my distribution's A. So yeah. uh, that's that's it's a passive and active, uh, yeah. which depending on the situation or what your goals are, um, you know, you're able to do one or the other or both. In my case, I do both. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, I was just about to ask you which one you prefer. If you, if you do both or if you prefer one over the other. Well, I like both right now. And in, in once again, it's up to your goals. I think figure out your goals right now. Uh, I'm pretty young right now. I don't mind getting my feet dirty. I don't mind getting my hands dirty right now as far as active investing, uh, getting involved, learning the logistics on how to find a multifamily, uh, sitting there and managing some of the construction crews and our flips. Animal Tech Family. Um, I am one of the asset managers for uh, when we purchase multifamily, and I am the construction manager for our fix and flips that we got going on all locally here in the DFW. So I'm doing both because I do have some money tied up in investments where, you know, uh, I know I'm going to get some cash flow coming in monthly or quarterly, right? And, it, and this is my case. Both. But I'm also getting my, my hands dirty. So Eventually, you want to get to that point where you're cash flowing enough passive income. Yeah. Where you necessarily don't, if you don't want to be active, you don't have to. Yeah. Maybe at the beginning, you got to get your hands dirty and, and be active. Yeah. To get to that point to make enough money to be passive. So it really depends what your goals are. I personally like doing both right now. But eventually, as I get older and I start, uh, I find the love of my life and I get married, uh, I start having kids. The time that I'm invested to be active is going to have to decrease. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to start investing into my family, my kids, and, and make that time for them. But then yeah. we're, we're, we're active investing and we're, we're very involved. Uh, so it really just depends on the position you are. Yeah. And then it, it really does come down to individual financial goals where everyone's at in their, in their life. Whatever supports cool. the lifestyle that they want to live. And that is more suitable for them um, would be probably a way to start figuring out, you know, where to start. Yeah. So tell us a benefit for um, for our audience listeners who may not know, like the benefits of being just a passive investor. Can you give us maybe just one or two benefits? Yeah, I think here, here's the thing, guys. I think one of the most important things that I lack when I started learning 
about investments. I think we all want to make, and I'm just going to speak from my experience. Whenever, as I was growing up, who, who doesn't want free money? Everybody's like, oh, I want something cheap or I want, I want to make money without doing anything, right? So who doesn't want to make that move or who doesn't want to do that? I think we're grown, we're, we're kind of raised in a society where we want that lifestyle, but we need to understand it in order to have that passive income. You know, we need to invest money. We need to find sources of income to invest and do investments to create that passive income so that you won't have to start trading your time for money. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things is that, you, you know, you really need to just start learning how is it that investments work? How is it that, you know, returns work? What's the average return of an investment for a CD, for stocks, for uh, real estate? Learn about investments, learn how they operate, learn how they work, and then start investing in them. And I think it's super important, God, is that, you know, everybody wants their time back. Everybody either wants to spend their time on the beach. Everybody either wants to do that or on vacation or... Rather than using your 14 days out of the year to save your nine to five, you would love to, instead of going 14 days, why don't we go for a month or two out of the year? You know, everybody wants to do that, but without having, you know, cash flow, without having passive investments to do that mm -hmm. for you, creating that so that you can escape the nine to five, I don't think it's possible. So I think it's extremely important that you learn how passive investment works so that you're able to start educating yourself on that to, to start investing in these assets. That are going to carry a cash flow that's going to right. essentially iron back. And that's what we all want. We want that time to do whatever it is that we want to be free. So it's extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree 100% with that. Um, I think education, just starting with basic education on financial 101, like what that's how I started. I started learning about the different ways that I could start investing. Of course, the traditional stock portfolio always comes up, right? And that's where I did start. And then I eventually continued to learn about real estate. I kept hearing about real estate. And the book that did, um, that was like a breakthrough moment for me was after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, like you know, like you said earlier, which was uh, a good book. We yeah. definitely recommend that book. <laughs> Life-changing book. I, I can't repeat it over and over. I, like, I wish I could hand a copy to everybody that I know. But you got to read it because mine sat on the bookshelf for a while. And I didn't even read it until, you know, until much later. And it had been, um, it'd been sitting on a bookshelf. Just another question in regards to, like, being a passive investor for anyone who may be interested in like considering learning more and plugging themselves into other groups of operators, what would be some key factors that you would recommend they look for in operators, syndicators who are looking for these deals and who would be boots on the ground? Oh, that's a really good question. Just because uh, I think that's what we educate and we tell all of our investors. Because we, we, we not only tell them, but uh, come invest with us. This, mm -hmm. this is our deal. But, but we train them up to where we're like, look, this is what you need to look for because you're not going to invest with us all the time. When you go out and find other groups to invest with, you, you need to start asking questions. I think when we first started investing into multifamily, we didn't really know the difference. We didn't know any better. We didn't ask a lot of questions. We didn't really do our due diligence on the type of operators um, that we were investing in. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we made. So... What I would say is to really just do your homework on the operator that you're investing in. 
do a, do your homework on the uh, the team, the general the general partners. Ask who's involved. I want you know, and, and what's their role? Who's the asset management team? How involved are they going to be on the property, or what's the game plan? Just because um, when we do pitch, and this is what I tell once again all of our people, you know, when we pitch the deal that they're going to make a certain amount of returns annually, with you know quarterly distributions of this or that, um, none of that is possible without executing the business plan that we say we're going to do. Once again, it's not possible after closing. You know, we can close a deal. We can raise the money and close a deal. But if we don't execute that business plan, all that goes out the window. So one of my main questions is, who is the asset manager? How involved are they going to be, you know, on the property? Are they going in with third-party property management company? What's the game plan? What are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? You know, what's the track record of that asset manager? Does that asset management team have construction experience? I'm not only saying that because I have a construction background, but I'm saying that because I know the importance of turning these units around. And once again, at the end of the day, our, our number one goal here is, is investors. Take care of our investors' money. And if we don't execute our business plan, we can't do that. So, which leads to the next point of the, of the construction asset management team can't execute and none of this happens. And it kind of just domino effects into that. You know, it's a very, it's a team sport and it's just super, super important that you know, everybody's on the same page. So I would most definitely just start asking around who is the team, who are you partnered up with? What's the experience on the general partners team? You know, is anybody who is the asset management team that's going to be on site, that's going to be boots on the ground? Do, you know, what's their track record of construction experience? Just because all of that matters, you know, like I said, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, we all have a game plan until we get hit in the mouth. And I think Mike Tyson says that. You know, we all talk about these returns, but are we, you know, until we get in and out until a problem happens, how are we going to pivot? Yeah. You know, with that, how, how much experience is our construction team? Right. So, um, just really bad guys, better teams, better people, sponsors that you're with, see how involved they're going to be. Because that was one of the things that happened to us too. We invested with the, with the team where, um, the team, you know, the, the sponsor didn't really have a say that we were investing for. It's like, what about this? What about that? So yeah. uh, make sure your, your sponsor just is very heavily involved. It has a say is what I would say too. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same thing. Go and vet the operators. Go and ask your questions. Don't be afraid to ask your questions. I would go out there and just ask as many questions as I possibly can right? To find out more of who has the experience. What if something goes wrong? Who's going to handle it? How, you know, what's the track record? And really just get to know who these people are, because really we're investing our money into these projects, right? Our hard earned money. We want to make sure that we invest in something that's going to give us a good return. And also that knowing that our money is working and that it's, it's going to be protected. Right. And yeah. It's just very important. It's, it's, yeah. I can't stress it. Yeah. I, you should just now their money. You know, we're, we're dealing with people's money. It's your yeah. money. You invest. Exactly. Investor, you have to right ask yeah. all the questions you need to ask for financials that, you know, talk to anybody on the team. Yeah. And if nobody's willing to That's exactly what I've done with my investment. I literally got so involved that I wanted to go look at the property. Like I want to go look at it. Like I, that's how involved I want to be. And those are the opportunities that I usually go for are the ones that are going to also 
allow me to rub shoulders with them to learn along the way and to see what's being done. And this is why I love hard assets as multifamily because you can see your money working. And it's not just like an invoice or a statement you get at the end of the month with stocks or crypto, right? And you can actually see your money making a difference in communities. Yeah, it's fun. And it's fun too. I mean, who doesn't want to take pride in the project? You know, we're human beings. We get that. You know, we have that long feeling. We, we, we take pride in what is it that we do. I don't care who you are. If, if you're a part of something, an organization, if you're doing right, you you take pride in that. So to, to sit there and, and to go visit the asset that you're investing in, to touch it, to take pictures, to upload them on your social media. We live in the 21st century, right? So like to sit there and, and take pride in what it is that you're doing, what you're involved in, uh, and, and show the world what you're doing. It's just like, why not, you know? Yeah. Why not do it? Why not take pride in it? That's right. That's right. Take pride. <laughs> So, um, Sergio, I want to thank you for your time. I'm going to start wrapping it up, but I do have a few more questions before we, um, we end the call. Um, what has been your most valued lesson so far through your multifamily investment journey? That's a really good question. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm going to say two things. Um, uh, I got a lot. <laughs> I just, the, the, the top two things and I'm not going to the third. The, the first one is you are, you are who you hang out with. Yeah. So, uh, make sure, you know, you're, you're just as, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, okay, Thank you know, you hang out with five broke people, you're going to be one. You hang out with six rich people, you're going to be seven pointer. Right? So you are who you hang out with. Please hang out with people that, that are going to help elevate you. Uh, don't be the smartest one in the room. If you're the, if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. You know, you ought to be, you ought to be always at the bottom of the total pool and, uh, there all there should always be other people better than you, so you can learn from them. The second thing I learned is um, really don't do it for the money. Do it. Do you know? I, I learned that throughout this journey. It's not about the money, but it's truly about helping the communities out. Uh, it's truly about enjoying the process and and helping others, uh, whether it's investing to multifamily real estate or whether it's helping improve these properties. You know, I, I've learned that, you know, it's just gotten really personal to me, especially since we're in Dallas, Texas, we're, be, we're buying a lot of communities that are highly, highly, you know, um, occupied by uh, Hispanic communities, right? And, and culture. So uh, once again, I am Mexican American and it's just like, it makes me feel a lot better. I don't even think about the money when I'm in there helping better these communities and better these units, you know, I'm like thinking about the family that I'm, that, that I was in here, that I'm better in this unit for. So when you start to look at things that way, um, I think the money starts to be a bonus. So, uh, don't do it for the money. Do it, do it, do, you know, do, do it for, for the, to, to give back to others and to help people. Out. I mean, it has to be that way. Um, I noticed that when you start trying to do it for the money, you really, it doesn't work out that way. It really doesn't work in your favor. So that, those would probably yeah. be the top two things that I would say that I've learned in my journey. Yeah. You are. I so good. And don't do it for the money. Do it for, for, for trying to provide value to people. Yeah. Man, that's so good. You just inspired me in a way that you can't imagine. I was like, wow, man, I'm really taking on on this. This is this is why I wanted yeah. to have you on my call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Thank you. Um. I want to know what's next for you. 
With Nexus, we got a lot of big things coming. I think we, we got a solid team in multi-family. Uh, we have a lot of projects going on with wholesaling, single family fix and flips. Um, and, and we, you know, just managing these, these real estate fund, managing a real estate fund. Uh, we're, we're just doing a lot right now when it comes down to this real estate. So we just want to keep yeah. continuing to grow, to help out as much people, to educate as much people as we can. Um, and our philosophy is just really bringing them along the ride. That's what we want to do. We don't want to keep nobody uh, but in the dark. What we like to do is when they invest, we like to educate them as much as possible. Yeah. So uh, we continue to, con to to build a stronger team. Uh, we want to continue to take down these large multifamily assets. Uh, just keep keep it going. There's no, no reason to start doing other things when it's working. We're, we're currently snowballing effect into just a very, very positive lane and a positive vision right now where uh, great things are happening in 2024. Awesome. So, like, just to keep, continue growing and to continue to helping more people out and educating them about That's right. real estate investing. I want to know how you celebrate. Do you celebrate your wins? Oh, <laughs> uh, we do. We do. Uh, I currently, I, this year, I stopped drinking alcohol, so we no longer drink. We we celebrate by having a big dinner. I mean, we we kind of we're very tight. The, the the core GP teams that we have that we're taking these assets down. We hang out a lot. Uh, we pick each other up. I think every win, every little win, we we just pick each other up. Uh, that's a celebration for us, and we hang out a lot. I mean, it's all laughs and smiles, and that's our celebration. We just, awesome. you know, have a good time. We show each other a lot of love and talk about what's what's next and just support each other. That alone is just celebration in my eyes. And there's no need there's no need to go party or to, you know, to pop bottle or pop bottle or do anything like that. You know, it's not necessary uh, because we're not where we want, we want to be at. You know, yeah. not to accomplish as yeah. much more people. Have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know if the cowboy boots and the regional Mexican music kicked off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I wish. I wish. I wish. I'm going to turn that music on. Uh, I'm going to get a little hyped up, and I don't want to go down that lane no more. So. <laughs> oh, man, we need more people like you in this space, for sure. Yeah. Hey, no, I want to I wanna thank you for your time. I appreciate you sharing the information with our audience listeners so that they can learn more to make more wise and informed decisions with their finances and get them interested in real estate investing, multifamily investing. Um, tell us how we can find you. How do we connect with you, Sergio? Yeah, yeah. I'm very active on Instagram, um, Facebook, um, at a lot of more family. I post a lot of stupid stuff on there but you can't really get a hold of me on instagram i'm very very active i'm posting a lot of uh the asset management we're doing a lot of the construction we're doing for all of our properties whether it's the multi-family or the fixed flips so uh you can find me at uh cash flow underscore cowboy yeah um, and, and that's, that's the coolest the cash flow cowboy. thank you so much for being on my podcast not a problem thank you so much and uh, i can't wait to do uh big things with you remember we're not even keeping this that's right. No, we're, we're not stopping here. No, no. My goal is to partner over with you, and I can't wait to kind of come back. I can't wait to come back to listen to this episode and be like, hey, remember when we said we were going to partner up? That's now right. We're partnering up. So, that's that's so true. I love what you said earlier, too. We're taking down these buildings, these these projects. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. You know, it is it is a takedown. Like you, There's work and effort that goes on behind acquiring these multifamily invest, investments. And we're not going to stop. Nope. Please. Yeah, that's right.
Thank you for listening to The Real Deal Podcast with me, Wendy Acosta. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and learned something valuable that you can apply to your own life and business. If you like this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite platform. It really helps me reach more people and share my message. You can also follow me on social media and visit my website for more resources and tips on how to become a successful real estate leader. Until next time, remember you are the real deal and you have what it takes to achieve your goals. Stay positive, stay focused, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Wendy Acosta Real Deal Podcast. Bye for now.